Geek On With podcasts are produced as art work. These podcasts are a collaboration between Incon With and the 1968 Film Group for Depth for Dex 2019. Welcome to Incon With uh, podcast. Uh, my name is Neil Ferguson, and today I'm in conversation with Claire French. Um, would you like to introduce yourself, Claire, and what? your interest, what your involvement is in, in art. Hi Neil, um, I am a painter, or I like to describe myself as a painter. Um, conceptually the questions and history of painting are what drive me, but I work in a very um, sculptural way using sculptural materials, often working with the painting as an object, um, and I'm also interested in considering a range of artisanal or non-traditional painting ways of working and bringing them into the painting. Okay. And what, um, where would you place your influences in, in, in working the way that you do? Um, I think I am interested in particular in um, looking at the kind of contingency and ambiguity of systems of meaning that we, um, that we create as, as humans. And I come from a sociological and an anthropological background and I think this con this ongoing tension or interest in the relationship between the broad systems that we create and then the kind of cracks in the pavement if you like between um, the, the nuances and differences within those larger systems is my kind of conceptual framework um, and in terms of painting I refer largely to um, modernism and the, the, um, the kind of refusal of the image and the looking at the, the construction of painting and the materials of painting, and I guess. Do you see your systems or the, the connection in your systems about making sense or challenging or creating a, a new type of sense or bringing insight into sense? You know, bringing insight into the sense, I suppose it's a critique of my view that our um, desire for rigid systems or the notion that we can create order, I think that's inevitable, but that it, it never quite works. And I'm interested in the elements of art and life that um, stop the system from being perfect or that shift the system, the or to show that there's a lot more going on that the, than the system can ever fully incorporate I suppose. Yeah. It was, it's, it's interesting when we start talking about systems, it was, systems art was something I came at through looking at the work of Joseph Boys and uh, there's a particular writer Hans mm -hmm. Dieter Huber mm -hmm. uses what he says is an, a business organisational structure mm -hmm. to look at Boys, the work of Joseph Boys okay. and by doing so you actually see that there are certain elements that constantly that, that connect up mm -hmm, within mm -hmm. giving an element a particular title mm -hmm. you can actually start seeing how those potentials with these elements uh, make you know connect up in, the, in every system a system essentially is a construction of these elements mm -hmm, and it's like mm -hmm. it's electrical you know like an electrical exactly, six circuit yeah. and I, I as a as someone who'd been working uh, without uh, ever trying to 
clearly theorise. I would say I did theorise through practice, but I never ever tried to write about mm. what I was doing. And I found that kind of thinking about it really, really helpful. Mm. I started I started to understand what I was trying to do mm. a little bit better, mm. Mm. rather than using what I felt were a number of different value systems that mm-hmm. had been imposed on me. Mm-hmm. So definitely, so, so when... When I'm looking at your work, and I'd, I'd, I'd quite like you to introduce or, discuss, or describe your actual processes of actually making, you know, and then I might be able okay, to... Okay, so. Um, so there are two bodies of work that I've got going at the moment. Um, one, what, both of which very material-based, and I call them paintings. One series is um, making gesso paintings, so using traditional gesso, which is a time-consuming, laborious and relatively banal way of working its constant painted layers and then hand sanding um, as the base. And on top of that I make, this is all in white and it's hugely reductive so that the process and the repeats which I use and materials are really explicitly obvious. Um, And then I make various simple square-based marks on the gesso surface. in a range of paint, but very simple, and whatever the mark is on one painting, that remains throughout the painting. And at the moment, I'm applying those marks in a pattern based on language. Um, Language being the ultimate example of an arbitrary system of meaning. You know, this semiotics, this this symbolic, the classic symbolic system, Um, which really seems like a really obvious, almost too obvious to me sometimes, way of saying this is what I'm talking about you know every system we, we need a system of meaning but it will always be made up yeah. so we can you know that gives us more and we room continue to... to talk because we don't understand yeah, so yeah we we have to have language but it could be entirely different <laughs> yeah you know we yeah. could and a cat could be an egg as long as we all agree yeah so it's this yes. thing about consensus and not consensus and yes but so in my practice I the language that I'm using at the moment is my personal arbitrary tro- choice and I'm using the text of Das Kapital as literally as a pattern, so that each letter is a mark, a space between words is a space, yeah. um, a paragraph, I give it two spaces. So I've worked out a literal concrete system based yes. on the marks of the text. The choice of marks is arbitrary because I use a lot of marks as theory in terms of my practice, largely oh. about labour and questions about... Am I... No, no, that's fine. I you know, integrated should... and alienated labour and the, fant- the view of la- what the artist's labour might be seen as. Yeah. So that's the system I use. So the notion of using the, the using gesso as a direct link to mm. the, the pace. Yes, you know, yes, yes. Do you find yourself having then to create your own sets of value systems? I think it's the other way around. I think I have very clear value systems. And I've often been reluctant to make them explicit in my work. Mm-hmm. But I think the choice of marks is, is a clear yeah. um, illustration of some of my value systems and questioning you know, the, the way we value art objects and the way we value art and artist labour. So it's more, it's expressing those values okay. rather than necessarily creating them. Okay. But so the, therefore, if you use another type of text, mm-hmm. would it create a different structure? Would your p- 
paintings, your paintings could conceivably look very, very different on yes, your objects. Yes, yes. They would look similar in that they'd all be white, they'd all have a gesso base, and they'd have different marks on them, but the patterns would be different. Yeah, the, you know, the, the, the pattern of the mark making would, would depend on the pattern would change. The, the material, the actual, by using gesso, like you, you could use perhaps other paint. You could a fast drying paint would, would that would change the it would the change, value yes, system yes, being imposed. Yes. And part of I guess using a, a long winded a process that takes time and is handmade are really two of my main tools for upsetting the system within which I've, the system I've decided to work within that painting. Yes. So by taking time and by doing everything by hand, that's where, that allows um, glitches in the materials or the marks or the feel, you know, the yes. feeling to happen and, and allows the material space in the work yeah. as one tool that potentially upsets the, yeah. the system. So do you, like, you know, you're moving away from this kind of like spray on, like a spray on art, which is very, uh, is, is an interesting position at the moment because it's, there is a kind of popularity of what I would have, well, probably 20 years ago would have been called screen prints. Mm. And now because they're, they're a, you know, computer driven yes. printed imagery, because they're printed on to canvas, they're, they're now being, you know, a number yeah. of artists are claiming them as paintings. paintings. You know, and, and you know, without you know, pernickety about language, mm. like, I don't think they are paintings. I, I think they're prints. The mm. language, everything mm. lies in mm. print. Mm. What you print on is has always been open to, mm. you know, it's mm. like printing onto silk would be yeah. fabric printing, you know. You know yeah. it's a, it's a, so... I'm not, as I digress, well, I go in the way from I just it. say I quite like that because I like that whether I, I, in a way, it doesn't matter whether you call it painting or print, but I like the attempt to to, 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 to just put a little, not, I'm not into huge disruption, but just to say, well, what is the category of painting? Okay. What is the category of print? How do we, how do we decide how, you know, so something that triggers that conversation. Uh -huh. Do you like? Is, is interesting. Would you prefer them not to be called paintings? Would you be happy when they become these things, these difficult things? To I don't mind. I like that they call them painting as a provocation to people. Go well. That's that's got all the language of print, and that's not a painting. Okay, it's like, so well, it's what is a painting? What's a print? Paint, how do we? How do we? Yes. What systems do we have in place by which to? categorize yeah. or, or value these different objects yes. and that those categories between print painting craft art you know obviously they're socially historically contingent but we treat them as fixed and they're not fixed so anyone who even those it's it's kind of you know like little it's like a pun it's just that quick little well, well is it a painting who knows why uh -huh. you know you know, just to... I don't mean it, but you know, it's a kind of a game. It's a, you know, yes. a game in play, but yes. it's, it's important. Yes. You know, you know, there's there's important games and yes. there's important yes. play in, in that thing. And if taking that back, then so then then we're talking about setting up certain kinds of rule bases mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. to this where are you? You know, like your rule base. Can I say is it quite? Is it very very set? Like you you. You, it's, it's absolute. You don't change your rule base halfway through. Well, that's over. interesting. That's, you know, I'm relatively new and that's something that I'm interested in exploring. I haven't worked that out yet. Yeah. I, in person, tend to be 
absolutely rule-based and quite rigid and obsessive in myself. But intellectually, I would hope I'm a, I have other interests. I'm interested in disrupting that. So it is. it does come from me. I'm learning after a lifetime of working in other ways and being late to art, the joy of I can do whatever I want and not working in rule-based ways in the way that I have in other professions. So at the moment, I... Arguably, that freedom is constructed around the rule-based Yeah, it's hilarious. I, give, I gave up. I'm yeah. like, well, I can't help being... In, you know, I'm, st I'm still rule-based. So at the moment, I set up a system by which to work in that... I will make 20 layers of this. I will start my pattern from this position on the board and I will work, you know, from the left to the right or whatever and that a space is one, you know, a, a space is a space, a letter is one mark, a capital letter is two. I yes. work out this this code yes. by which I'm going to work. I certainly have a rule that whatever mark I'm making, I have to make it in one action. Yeah. So as at the outline of a square will be done in one, like, you know, yeah, you, top, bottom, yeah. little, in, and then I have to make every square individually yeah. in that way. Yeah. So there's these systems. Yeah. But I follow them knowing that by doing it over time and by hand, that I won't achieve well, perfection in inverted commas. They will not all be the same. There will be endless variation. Yeah. Which, there's a, a, a discussion I was having with a friend recently about notions of distance between rules and constraints. Ah. And, 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 and the... the the, the reality, he said, rules are in many ways good because they're actually it's impossible to actually implement rules yes. completely. The, the notion is because you, we do know that yes. there is a randomness implicit in a rule, yes. which is you know this yes, we were talking about understanding other, and language yeah. a minute ago. Yeah. You know, like it's implicit if a lady's rule that it's actually not going to be able to be implemented. Yes, because if it wasn't, if it was necessary, it's necessary to counter something that already exists or that will happen. Yeah. You know, the the yeah. drip, the drip that you make it yeah. falls off your your yeah. the mechanical I'm putting on four sides to square mm. and it drips. Yeah. You know, and you think, well is that should I take that sh could I clean that off? Or does it And have I'm to obviously retain? not allowed to not allowed to. <laughs> you know you say all these things. So is that now does that drip the actual rule? Hmm. I mean maybe constraints is a well I, I you know, I, I love the semantics of it and yeah, that could go on forever. But um yeah it's I suppose maybe that's a nice way to think about it. I make a rule and I follow it, knowing that the rule will always be undone in some way, and that it's only ever an approximation. And it, 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 it perhaps even drives you to undoing that rule. Yes. You, like you'll know... In its nature, by its nature. following the rule, something in a particular way... Yeah. If I had it digitally printed and repeated, yeah. that the drip wouldn't happen. But choosing to work the way I do means yeah. that the breaking of the rules is yeah. inevitable. I've always personally had a problem with the whole notion of when is a painting finished. Mm. You know, it's, it's one of the things that I think as a young student, yeah, because you, you, when you when you, you feel as though there's a a, a form of uh, war or you know like competition taking to help yourself, yeah. histories, applications, style, all this is mm. going on. So you never quite know when it when it's finished. And one of the things which I've, in recent years I've been talking to about painting is actually just making the decisions about the painting before you start. Yes. Scale, yes. preparation, action one, I'll mm. call it action two, action three, action four, decision about mm. colour. All these things are decided and that is it. Mm -hmm. Now, the 
chances of you making them all the same are impossible. Yes. Yes. You know, the, you know, that idea that a repeat is never a, um, replica, a, a repeat is never a replica. They're always going to be their own. In a way, that by doing that way, I've actually inquired into whether that is actually unleashing a form of um, personal uh, sensitivity to the painting. All more, it becomes more and more personal by the absolute restriction mm-hmm. you know, of the thing, and it's 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 it's, it's always striking me as quite exciting. It also strikes me as being actually quite simple mm-hmm. to 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 if you had a young group of painters yes. it's not it's not I know from experience Dr. Bill it's not always easy for them to implement but if you keep pushing mm-hmm. the rules mm-hmm. then actual fact people produce a whole pile of works mm-hmm. one they don't look the same mm-hmm. each individual yeah. you know like character their influences mm-hmm. their their inf- everything starts coming more and more to the, the to the front to mm-hmm. the front Absolutely. and then then in a way that this this, this arguably then sets up a different type of agenda then if you're actually satisfied with your system your your, yeah. your rules constraints whatever you want to call them yeah. like where do you then look for you know what what are the influences what has the you know what drives the mm. the um the practice forward rather than just being self-satisfied in the end you know like mm-hmm. you know what 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 does it become in competition to or with? Well, I like the idea. I mean, my work. I am aiming all the time to um, yes, to to work in this really reductive way. And my favourite artists are people like you know Agnes Martin, the Korean art dancer qua artists. Um, Chung Hangs no, Chung. Oh, I've forgotten. Sorry, I won't say that wrong. He's one of my favourite ones. Yes. And Roman Apalka is my ultimate hero. Yes. Who set up constantly this hugely reductive practice that is never really finished where the format the process the materials the concept is the same and it's repeated endlessly and it becomes hugely transformed over time i mean roman apalka painted canvases for 40 years with numbers and he had a system by which he changed the slight tone of the paint by adding a certain amount of white to the gray every canvas and he kept going till he died, and that's when the work finished. Yes. Now that's taking it to extremes. Yes. But the work is, you know, phenomenal, and it's it's. I suppose some of my interest in object the, the, um, theory and philosophy as well, which I need to brush up on. But the idea of like no object is nothing is ever finished, either in its interpretation or even you know as an object, things change and transform all yeah. the time. And that idea of, which again comes from, you know, that kind of really modernist or post-minimal um, reductive work, yeah. Yeah. where you work in series and it's so, that the elements are so reduced that it does allow for this other materials and process, yeah. I guess, for me, come to the fore. When you look at forms like, you take this with the sort of Chinese masters, mm. you know, mm. and uh, where essentially a number of them, I, 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 I I'm not an expert, mm. but you know, a master would paint the same tree, yeah, yeah. and they would do it for you know yeah. seventy yeah. years, and yeah. they'd never dream of painting any other than this tree on this yeah. specific landscape, yeah. in the belief that time and nature that is changing mm. anyway, everyone's perception mm. of this, and mm. so there's, there's a freedom, and it isn't the same thing, which is, you know, in a way, uh, an advanced form of me saying making five decisions, yes. I think once before as well, you, you have that play against, 
I spoke to you, it was a, it was a, a Korean artist who mm-hmm. I said to you once worked on a white square and mm-hmm. seemed to be incredibly um, frightened of putting something on this oh, piece yes. of white yeah. paper. And, I, and, I, and I, coming from a kind of, a kind of a Scottish education mm-hmm. background, you know, you, you just made a mark for the sake of it. That yeah. was you getting this painting started. And she, she was appalled at this time where she, she started to feel that every time mm. when she looked at the piece of paper, it was full of her history, of the history of everything before it. And so any piece she put on was in respect to mm. that history, mm. which at the time I, I thought was, I thought it was, the, the humility of it was almost too great because I thought, well, just a second, you know. Yeah, does yeah. it really matter? But it did in a way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, but I found her respect for that looking and what's going, what's gone before, mm-hmm. you know. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, we run into the strange thing of saying we're all looking to produce the perfect painting. Because in actual fact, I'm not going to paint anything in it at all. Yeah. It's already, yeah. it's already done. But, it's already yes. there. And that's when you start being forced into these different avenues of what supports this mm. essentially the the fabric of the earliest conceptual art yes was yes. what you know where i'll i'll put the words on the wall yes. rather than paint them yes uh, yeah, like that. Yeah. now i know this is i know where i'm i'm, I'm not you know where we go right. with this there's a kind of a thing where where we've spoken about your interest mm. in that that notion of the mistake mm. where where, where yes. we where it, and I, and I wonder, and it's almost like the attitude. I wonder how we develop the attitude to the mistake, uh, perhaps. Yeah, you know, like because yeah. arguably it's not the rule set yes. that, that 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 stops any mistakes. Mm-hmm. We, we can recognise mistakes, but saying how do we do we push it forward? Mm-hmm. Well, what is this censoring? Is it a self censorship? Is it an external form of censoring mm-hmm. that, that wants us to behave? Yeah in certain ways that allow something to happen in a, in a painting? Probably both. And just as a way of yeah. thinking that, maybe this notion, you know, that Western notion of the perfect painting, um, the idea of genius, you know, all of that Western notion about the great painter yes. man, who makes the perfect painting yes. that people understand in the perfect way, as opposed to that Southeast Asian notion that is very that doesn't have the great person making the right painting. It's pe- like you say, a humility about, I will take this action, I will make these marks, I yeah. will consider. So that's that's a whole different approach where yeah. the painting or the work seems to be something that we facilitate. It's our job to facilitate yeah. as opposed to being the great genius. Uh-huh. But I, I suppose the idea of mistake maybe is rather than about rules, it's about expectations uh-huh. and about... To have a mistake be something negative, you that that's against the you know, that gets into this notion of wrong and right and how we interpret things as being either all positive or all negative, mm. which is very much kind of a. a, a I was just going to say you're, yeah. you're wanting to interrupt. No, no, go on. I mean, a mistake can be wrong or right if that's the framework in which you want to consider it. It can be an error. But I actually looked up the dictionary definition of mistake before I came. Yes. And the start of it is an action, decision or judgment that produces an unwanted or unintentional result. Mm-hmm. Now that I like because even you can have an unwanted or an unintentional result. You can then change your mind. You can, you can respond to that. But it's, 
there's a lot of about mistakes saying it's wrong or right, but I like that that's... But this used to be a certain problem, that when you're making a, you're making a decision about mm. this mistake, do I keep it? Is this the plan? Is this where I wanted to go with the, the mm. painting? And an awful lot of painting has been produced that this finding the painting, abstract art is mm. very much about finding, finding the painting, yes. as, though it's, as though we're in discussion with it. Now, there are parts where you put in colours on mm. that that mm. takes place, but I've always had a problem with the the randomness of yes. this. You know, like, like it struck struck me is that you know going back to my point of saying let's just set up five rules. Yes, and we'll do, yeah. we'll take it from there, and uh, that that my my problem with the five rules again is that again as a as a positioning is is when you that you can become good at the five rules. Yes. It's very difficult. You will constantly surprise yourself with mm -hmm. these mistakes. Yes. But what I feel, I feel as a kind of a, a, a thinking, I look at it as a, and I argue, there's a kind of a complacency based on competence. Yes. That, that, that makes me, I'm frightened of. Because it's very difficult. I see lots of people who are trying to make paintings based around finding mistake and I'm not being I'm not being directing this at you particularly. No, I'm no, talking a very um, general thing. This is very yeah, dense, yeah, Neil. Yeah, the kind of like <laughs> brush, you know, the, the flick, the flick of the mark. But it's it's actually done by somebody who knows that flick exactly. of the mark. And and I, I I particularly attack artists of my own era, yes. who I I believe are actually very competent. Mm. Inverted commas, good artists yes. have, have control, have intelligence, have theory. But in actual fact, they produce essentially very, very dull paintings. Yes. Even with all the brightest colours in the world on yes, them, yes, they're, yes, they're, they're, they're dull. And, it, and it's actually this sort of, there's a kind of, I don't like bad painting because I think it's a forced vulgarity. Mm -hmm. However, I am drawn to looking at things that look quite Oh, that doesn't seem right. Yes. Now you'd be in a good position to question me about what seems right, you know. Yes, because I don't think there is one. I just no. I want people to consider so what's that, yeah. their version of right and where that's yes. come from, and maybe it could be different. I mean, I suppose in my work, and again, whether how long I can sustain this for, I'm trying to. I agree in many ways, and I'm trying to avoid that question of the kind of creative, you know, gestural, I'll just respond to the painting by doing a flip, yeah. I'm doing lots of arm movements here, yeah. doing a flip, <laughs> as opposed to setting up rules or constraints that move me beyond that. I don't, you know, I've made decisions beforehand about where things are going to go yeah. and how they're going to be done, and I don't, so I, I'm avoiding that question of having to respond to the painting in that way. Yeah. I suppose I would do reflection and respond to the painting. Once I've finished a painting, yes. I'd then have to consider how that works and how that works in relation to others in the series. And on that basis, I choose some that I think work and some that don't. Yeah. That's a slightly different question, but but my rules are set up so that I can avoid some of those other things, yes, as well as being conceptually you, valid in you, other you, ways. But I think your word, use of the word series is a, is a very interesting one. You know, mm. where, where you know where the, the narrative can continue, but mm. it doesn't have to be that exact yes. narrative. Yes. Thing. Like well, I'm going to try. But do you think you can be deliberately wrong? A I question, think that's interesting. I mean, I suppose part of my whole 
thinking and practice is questioning the absolute anyway. You know, not this idea of right and wrong imply, you know, require a re- an absolute, an absolutist framework, which I, I I'm think, intrigued yeah. in and critique anyway. Yeah. But I think in some ways... But there, it is implicit in the rules that you apply at the moment that of what you don't want to be. I hope it's clear that I know they're arbitrary, though, and that other people could have chosen something different or question, well, why that? It could have been something else or yeah. that they're fixed for myself in this moment, but they could change. Yeah. Um, I'm, as having come from systems that, that are more, that have more rules, that you, there are consequences, like actual serious personal or yeah. life consequences to not following rules, say yes. a career in social work or academia. Yes. I think it's harder to say that in art, as a practitioner of art, as important as it is, that it's, that it's possible to be deliberately wrong. Because I would argue that the, the thing against which you judge wrong is, the, is right, right is endlessly relative yeah. and variable yeah. and arbitrary. So I think it's, it's, it's yeah. more, you know, we can disrupt. I like the situationist disruption. Thank you very much. Thank you.